The Sports Soccer Devon Wave Recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Briefcast. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Briefcast number 16 as we keep more episodes with the special teams unit. Either my brother Biscuit or former NFL linebacker, Houston Oilers, Tennessee Titan, Jacksonville Jaguar, Buffalo Bill, Eddie Robinson. In addition to that, Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox, and Kalina. So a number of folks who come for full-fledged episodes. But these briefcasts are just me coming to you solo, hitting you with one or two uh, sort of hot topics. Or something I just want to talk about. And, of course, after you listen to the briefcast, go back and listen to full-fledged episodes so you can get some of the bells and whistles of some of the fun features that we try to include in each and every episode to change things up and sort of mix it up and uh, bring you sports talk in a slightly different way. And if you want to check me out in Houston, KTSU Radio. Each and every Saturday morning alongside the legend Ralph Cooper and the Silver Fox Kevin Allen. KTSU 90.9, 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. You can catch me there. Also, throughout the week, you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. All those ways are ways to reach out and touch me. And, of course, we want you to subscribe, to like, to comment and when I see those comments, those are, that's a pretty big deal um, because I get a chance to interact and feel what you guys are feeling and get to hear what you are uh, thinking of what we do and what you might want to see on the podcast. Well, uh, coming up this brief cast, going to talk some NCAA tournament. And uh, I mean, hey, March Madness, I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm not faking it either. I'm excited about March Madness. I'll tell you why in just a second, although many of you know probably the exact reason why uh, I'm excited. Also, we're going to talk about some NFL stuff, some rule changes, some retirement. Opening day in baseball, we'll get a, into a little bit of that. I will have a, I will clear my throat, and I will have a he got game in addition to that. Now, I've asked for, on full-fledged episodes, I have asked for, hey, if you have music, if you're a DJ, if you are a artist of some sort and you'd like to hear uh, your music on our podcast and expose your uh, music to a slightly different audience, a very fervent, I think, fun audience, send me your music. Hit me up on either any of the media, social media platforms and send me the music. We'll play a snippet uh, during the halfway point of the podcast, or in this case, the briefcast. And in addition to that, we'll play the entire track at the end of the episode. So it doesn't matter the genre. This time out, we're going to do something. It's right in my wheelhouse. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that as uh, as we go forward. So let's start with a segment that we call Let Me Clear My Throat. Let me clear my throat. Now, Let Me Clear My Throat is my opportunity to clean up some things that I have said on a previous podcast. And although I may make multiple mistakes Uh, One stood out to me, and I wanted to correct it because I said this young man's name three times, and I got it wrong the first two times. Not that I didn't know the difference. I don't know what I was thinking about, and I don't know how I made the mistake, but the young man is uh, Job Morant. Uh, And I said Jay 
twice, I think, and then I cleaned it up and said Ja. So it's pronounced Ja Moran. And the reason why I'm going to bring him up is because he got game. He got game. Now, he got game is when I come to you guys and point out somebody that maybe the mainstream hadn't picked up on or some people have not heard his name or maybe some people have and they know that I am right when I uh, say that this person has game and John Morant is that guy and uh, his name is Tremit. Okay, let me try it again. Demetrius <laughs> Jamel or Jamel uh, Morant and he goes by Ja Morant and of course you will know his name he's only 19 years he was born in Dalzell South Carolina he is a point guard slash shooting guard for the Murray State Racers and if you hadn't heard or gotten involved in the March Madness and maybe you're just an NBA guy you might not have heard his name, although I think many have, uh, just like you've heard the name of Zion Williamson. Um, but I tell you what, this guy is probably going to be the second pick of the NBA draft. He lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And, but again, this guy has vision. He is the son of T and Jamie Morant. And of course, his father was a high school teammate of Ray Allen and played at Claflin University before playing uh, international basketball. But his son, uh, he really, I guess he poured all of his hopes and dreams into this young man. And this young man this season has uh, assumed a leadership role for Murray State. And, I mean, this team went to the NCAA tournament, and he is the reason why. Uh, statistically, this guy this year started 33 games and he has he shot 36% from the the field, 81% from the free throw line, averaging 24 points per game and 10 assists, uh, becoming one, the first guy in forever to do that to average 20 plus and 10. Uh, and again, he has tremendous vision. He's a very personable young man. He is going to be a star in the NBA. And if you hadn't seen him, pull him up on YouTube because John ja Morant, he got game now that was a sort of an abbreviated version normally i'll put more more into it but i just wanted to make sure that sort of went hand in hand with my me clearing my throat after i made a mistake but nonetheless i uh, want to talk about the ncaa uh tournament down to 16 teams sweet 16 and i am over the moon because it's all about it's nostalgic for me because the University of Houston is doing well. And if you've listened to any of the podcasts, previous podcasts, uh, especially recently, you know, I'm an I'm a H-Town guy through and through, especially uh, when it comes to teams of the past. And of course, U of H had glory days at the late 60s, the game of the century and Guy V. Lewis. And then you talk about Elvin Hayes and Don Chaney. And then, of course, Otis Birdsong. And then a larger one, Rob Williams, Michael Young, Clyde Drexler, Larry Misha, Alvin Franklin, and, and uh, David, uh, Dave uh, Rose. Dave Rose, who just retired or stepped down as head coach at BYU. I guess he's retiring. Dave Rose was on those teams as well uh, for the University of Houston, uh, although with lesser role. But still, you, we remember those guys. But nonetheless, I'm excited because U of H – has made it to the Sweet 16. They had their work cut out for them. They are going up against the second seed, University, or well, the second seed in that region, the Midwest region, which is University of Kentucky. And that should be one heck of a game. Uh, the Cougs, look, quiet as it's kept. 
Nobody's really talking about the Cougars. You're one of the best 16 teams in the country that are remaining in this tournament, and nobody's really talking about you. Uh, they, they even asked, well, who's the best number three seed? And of course, Purdue got all the love. Everybody's excited about Purdue. A lot of people are excited that a number one seed, Gonzaga, who has sort of had mixed results in the NCAA tournament's past. They're rolling big time, and they're doing well. People are talking about Texas Tech. Nobody's talking about the University of Houston. Now, granted, I don't think any other team has as tough a road to the Final Four as University of Houston in their region. Houston would have to beat uh, the University of Kentucky and then come back on Sunday and beat North Carolina. And I'm presuming North Carolina will beat Auburn. Boy, but if Auburn had pulled the upset, man, I don't know. But, but again, Houston has to pull the upset. And I know people are prone to look at situations where uh, you're looking at the, the name on the front of the jersey or the you associate something with the school's name. And you don't always, especially if you're a passing, casual, drive-by fan, like most of us are, really, honestly. And, and I have been, uh, although I've seen U of H a lot because – uh, you start paying attention. This team only lost three games all season long, but I wouldn't pay as much attention to the the name on the front. And I think Kelvin Sampson is not intimidated by Calipari, John Calipari and, uh, and Kentucky. I don't think he's intimidated. He's been a big dog in uh, Division One basketball before at Oklahoma. He's not – he ain't scared. So he, <laughs> he'll he be ready. And, and I say that because, hey, he'll need his, the, the rally the troops – and I think that backcourt has a, a slight advantage. I think the front court is a little bit different. But I'm telling you, if Kentucky's not ready to play, they're going home Friday night. But by and large, the tournament has been really, really a, a really good tournament. And although we always talk about wanting to see upsets, and I think upsets may – and I said this before, maybe last year, maybe two years ago, maybe on the Houston show. But I know that we love upsets. But did you really want to see – uh, a team like uh, UC Irvine versus like Villanova or Old Dominion. I think we like the thrill of the upset the first day. I don't think we like what it does to a tournament. And it does open things up wide open, but then when you have smaller schools get in, that's not exciting for the masses. Only because for if you're in the ACC or the SEC and the Big 12, you and or the Big Ten especially, you get a lot of media attention. So you get to be familiar. You, you become familiar with the guys who are playing, and all of a sudden you have these small guys, although uh, small schools with, with guys who don't have those high-profile names. And, and although you are able to find great storylines to get you excited about the guys, can you imagine? And, again, this almost happened, and it should have happened. Yeah, when University of Central Florida – Nearly upset Duke. They did everything they could to bend over backwards to get that game away. Boy, but I was so excited for Duke to lose. But you can't hit free throws. You missed the layup. You can't box out. And, yeah, there were calls that were missed. But you know what? Duke is going to – number one seeds, period. But Duke is going to get a call or two or three or a half dozen, just like the New England Patriots. You know you can count on about five or six calls a game in key, or maybe two or three big calls in crucial situations, and you know number one seeds, especially Duke this year, especially with a guy like Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. I'm telling you, you, can, you know you're going to lose a call or two there, and you have to do everything you can to solidify it. I mean, basketball, it, it's a game of inches, and – 
Duke got by. Uh, and, you know, and, and I've said this before. I really wanted Duke to lose because I didn't have them. Uh, and I, well, I picked six brackets. But in my series brackets, if there's such a thing, I don't have Duke going to the Final Four. I have Michigan State coming out of that region. And I don't know if you – I don't think UFC would get them. But maybe Virginia Tech will. Or maybe it will be Michigan State if, if they can get past LSU. Uh, I think for sure Michigan State – is going to the Final Four. Uh, I think Gonzaga's looking good, but maybe Texas Tech can come out of that. Maybe. maybe that would be fun. Uh, I know how big – and a shout-out to my man EL in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, and the uh, the Red Raiders are doing work. And maybe, just maybe, they have a couple of very important games and maybe they can get to the Final Four. But Florida State in the – East region is playing good as well. Actually, the West region is playing well uh, as well. My favorite to win it all has been the University of North Carolina. I think they play with pace. I think they are good defensively. I think they are a good shooting team from the perimeter, unlike Duke, who cannot shoot threes. And we saw that. I'm telling you, it's it's going to be a thing for them. But we'll have to see. Virginia is rolling. They have to get past Oregon and then the other team that you want to look out for is Tennessee. But although Purdue has been playing really well as well, uh, Tennessee played a tremendous first half last time out versus Iowa, only to, to squeak by in overtime. So if you hadn't gotten on board with the NCAA tournament, you definitely want to do that because it's a big, big deal. So um, with that, one want to shift gears, talk a little bit about opening day. Opening day in baseball is coming. No major changes yet. I mean, all of those changes that they're talking about and changing the pace of the game are on the horizon. Of course, there's some huge names that, that sort of shift shifted teams uh, this offseason. Machado, uh, Bryce Harper, uh, and uh, with Yasiel Puig is a guy that changed hands. So, I mean, there's some new, uh, some big faces, big names and Big faces in new places, but the Astros continue to roll. They just locked down uh, Verlander uh, for two more years for $66 million, $33 million a year. Uh, all in all, that's a good deal. We're not tied up too long with him. But I, I think this team, with the addition of Brantley, they're going to be right back in the thick of things. You got to talk about Boston. Boston, uh, Mookie Betts, man. I mean, just everybody. Chris Sale just resigned. So, I mean, it is some some good baseball about to take place. It's a marathon. And next time out, we're going to try to talk some baseball and get you geared up and uh, just sort of get some – some. I mean, because I've neglected to do so. But, again, we've been caught up with a lot of stuff, especially uh, with the Rockets and the MVP race, which I will get to next time out as well. And, uh, you know, the LeBron situation, Anthony Davis – all of that has been sucking up a lot of oxygen, so we didn't do a lot of hot stove stuff. Not that we would have anyway, but I, as exciting as baseball is, it deserves a lot more attention than we here on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast have uh, have given it. But keep an eye out for that. The Astros open up in Tampa, so we'll see if they get off to a great start. We had three 100-win win, win teams in the AL playoffs last year. It was it was an outstanding year, and I'm excited. I just hate that baseball botched opening day by doing what they did with Seattle playing in Japan. I just I thought that that was, you know, don't don't take anything from opening day. We need opening day where everybody 
I mean, it's a used to be almost a national holiday. Uh, we don't take that away from us. And then this is an early start date for baseball as well. Usually it's around the first of uh, what is the first of April, I, you know. I, and, and I think it's a few days early. It's the twenty eighth now uh, for most teams. So we'll have to see what happens. Yankees are the favorite in some circles, but you got to favor Boston. But I think Houston will be right back in the thick of things, and we'll have to see what. Puig does, and we'll have to see what Bryce Harper does and Machado, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And as uh, that season starts and uh, starts to unfold, we will get into that. With that, want to take a time out. One of the things uh, that I have asked for in the past, and I will bring it up again here: if you are a DJ or an artist of any genre, doesn't matter. Send us your music, and I will play a snippet during the halfway point and the entire song at the end of the show. That way you have access to promote your product to thousands of fans all over the country. Now, this is this is a very special song that we're going to play this time out. Because if you follow me on Twitter, at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D, you know that at least once or twice or 15 times a day, I will retweet something about the Houston Oilers. And it's something about, I know, I know, I know. I hear it all the time. Let it go. Leave, leave it where it was. What is this saying about me that I, I am stuck on the Oilers? It, it, it's not that. I, I think that when you look at the Texans, the Oilers were different. And it, it was just, it was a different organization. The way they did things were different. And it, and again, it always goes back to this. And I, I'm, I really, I know it's weird that I'm talking about this, but I have to because it's, hey, it's my podcast. This is what I do. So there was something about, uh, it was a, a simpler time. It was, we were naive as sports fans. What the Oilers leaving did teach me is that the Texans are not my team. The Oilers are not my team. The, they can put whatever name they want to put on the front of the jersey, but at the end of the day, that's the late Bob McNair's team or his Jan- Janice McNair's wife. That's her team. Uh, that was Bud Adams' team. Now Amy Adams. That's their team. That's Jerry Jones's team. It's not Dallas's team. You know, look at the the Raiders. It's not Oakland's team. And, and I know the feeling. Look at uh, Art Modell. Not Cleveland. Not it's not your team. It's the owner's team. And we did not realize that it, it it was a shocking, shocking day when it was announced that they really were going to leave. We No one ever thought it really would happen. But I say all that to say that Sentimental Blue, and I think they are at, um, I, I'll give you, I'll post the, uh, the Twitter handle in my notes so you'll, you'll have a chance to see my Twitter handle. But he sent me a song, country song, called Bring Back the Oilers. And like I said, hey. I love it, and it plays to a simpler time. So you hear Snippet now and the entire song at the end of the show. Going to take a time out and come back with more. This is Briefcast 16 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, KTSU Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. All aboard your nonstop getaway to the weekend. It's the Friday Express with yours truly, Devin Wade, each and every Friday from 7 p.m. until 10, where we feature a little bit of this. Oh, 
a little bit of this. And a whole lot of this. End your work week and start your weekend with your non-stop getaway to the weekend. The Friday Express with Devin Wade, exclusively on KTSU 90.9, your community station. Love you, Blue. Hashtag love you, Blue. Guess when you when you leave notes or make comments about uh, the episode, give me a hashtag love you, Blue. L-U-V-Y-A Blue. B-L-U-E. So, yeah. Anyway, like that. You'll hear the uh, entire song at the end of the podcast. I want to thank those guys for sending that to me. And, again, reminder, if you have music, doesn't matter the genre. Just make sure it's radio edit. Make sure it's clean. I have somewhat of a family audience, I, I suspect, although I use uh, Expletive or two here and there. Uh, but, yeah, send me your music or reach out to me on uh, my social media platforms, and we'll make that happen. So coming back, I want to talk a little bit about the NFL. Big NFL retirement with Rob Gronkowski retiring. And does that is that the biggest shooter drop, the, the, the biggest sort of glacier to break off of uh, – uh, you know, this dynasty of the New, New England Patriots. I don't, I don't understand that metaphor, but okay. Uh, I mean, is this, is this, does this mark the end? I mean, because again, that's his go-to guy. I will say this, Rob Gronkowski, Hall of Famer, no doubt, big-time player. His body was clear. He was beat up. He was clearly beat up. But when he was in there, no one better at that position. No one I would take more in that position when he's 100% healthy and he can block and catch and clutch catches. He was a, a cover nightmare. It was hard to cover him because I mean, if you put a small guy on him, he's he'll body him down and, and dominate him. If you know, if you put a big guy on him, he'll outrun him or lumber past him or whatever. He, he was a money guy. And of course I'm not a huge new England Patriots fan and I have been uh, predicting the demise for some time now, but I think it's over. It has to be. I mean, although that division, I don't have any belief in that division, and that means that that will put them right back in a position to host some games but uh, or in the playoffs and make their trick to the Super Bowl a lot easier than most teams. 
like uh, anybody coming out of the AFC South, it's going to be tough. All of those teams are good. I, but I have no – I don't believe that Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold are going to raise any hell uh, when it comes to New England. I don't think the Buffalo Bills are going to shake up the world or shock the world. I, I certainly don't think Miami has anything. They don't even have a quarterback that you can name. So I don't – I just don't see it. So uh, with that being said, you, you have a built-in six wins, five or six wins, and then from there – you, all you need is five or six more. Now, that's easier said than done, and they usually get it done. But when you have the best coach in the history of the NFL and one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, then that task gets a lot easier. But I tell you what, it's going to be a tougher time for Tom Brady. And I'm th- I'm telling you, I, I thought this season would have been his last. And, I mean, it's easy at this point to say they're not going to the Super Bowl. That's not a bold prediction anymore. He's 185 years old. But, again, I predict that they will not go to the Super Bowl. I thought that Kansas City, had they not lost uh, Hunt, I thought that that team would have beaten New England. But, again, life happens, things happen, and they went to Kansas City and got it done. And I tell you what, Robert Kraft, who will not be punished, <laughs> maybe punished by the NFL, but he was in a great mood, and that was before the game started. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. So, but anyway, Robert Kraft, he's still he's still fighting. I don't think he, nothing will come of this. Nothing will come of this, and no fine, no well, maybe a fine, maybe a suspension. We'll, we'll see, but I don't think so. But in other NFL news, and this is a big, big deal, NFL has changed where the NFL coaches can challenge pass interference calls. You blow a trip to the Super Bowl for New Orleans. And let me start by saying this. I give all the credit in the world to the people of New Orleans for making such a big fuss, for making to, for having a rally and the billboards. I give New Orleans a ton of credit. Because we here in Houston, talking about the Oilers, got screwed in 78 or 79, one of those games, probably 79, got screwed in that game on the, uh, the Mike Renfro catch, which was a touchdown, and we were robbed of it, and it still took them a gazillion years to, to finally implement replay. And now, after one blown call in uh, the a- NFC Championship game, the NFL owners, they got it right. So now a coach can challenge a call or non-call on the pass interference. It shouldn't have come to this because it seems to me that, yeah, although there was no protocol there, clearly that was a missed call, and you have to you have to get together with your crew and throw a late flag. Now, i tell you what, the folks in Los Angeles would have had a fit, but 15 minutes later they would have forgot about it because they know who are true fans in Los Angeles. But – you know, I think you have to get that call right. You injure your sport in ways you can't imagine when you screw up like they screwed up. And the hurt and the pain and the anguish. Look, you want fanatics. You got them. And when you mistreat those fanatics with the really hurting the integrity of the game by not having measures in place. And, and you know, again, you guys have the state-of-the-art technology. I'm talking to the NFL. And you have 100 angles on every play. Well, you know what? When you see all of those angles, it's hard to believe that such a blatant pass interference was missed. And if you if you harm fans in that way, 
you will lose fans. And I give all the credit in the world to the New Orleans Saints fans, uh, the, the who that nation, for making such a fuss that there was an urgency. And I don't know who and how they convinced all 32 owners, or 31 of the 32 owners, to vote in favor of this. But it's a good call. I mean, you gotta, you have to get it right. You, you have to get it right. Now, if they have, I need one more change from the NFL, and I'll be fine. Both teams need to have possession of the football in overtime. Just, it just, I'm not saying go to the college rule. Both teams need at least one possession. I just, I just believe in that. I, I mean, we knew when New England won that toss, the game was over. Just like if Kansas City won, well, that would have been a little, little bit tougher, but. It's not hard to believe or conceive of the fact that if Kansas City had won and New England had never touched the ball, Kansas City couldn't could have gotten to the Super Bowl. So if they change that, then I'm done. I'm I'm happy for a minute. I, I mean, then we'll figure out special teams and the kickoffs and what you're trying to do with that, and it, and we'll we'll figure some things out. But but those two things, we got one of them right. The other we hadn't yet. And I hope at some point that that gets fixed. I, I think it'll take another debacle or a team like New England getting screwed instead of a team like Kansas City getting screwed before that rule is changed. The idea is nothing is perfect. The players aren't perfect, and we can't expect the officials to be perfect. But on blatant things like that, you got to get it right. So kudos to the NFL. Kudos to the Who That Nation for really making that happen by applying pressure. And, uh, hey, new rules in the NFL. Now, a lot more going on in the NFL. Prayers up for Michael Irvin, who uh, I guess he's having tests done to see if he had throat cancer. Met Mike back in the day. And then he, uh, he went to uh, my, my one of my best friends, his party, birthday party here a couple years back. And I, I didn't have a chance to go. But Mike, Mike is in Houston or was in Houston quite a bit. So he, he was, I mean, not always announced, but he was in town quite a bit back in the day and throughout. I mean, he lives in Dallas, so, hey, not, you know, he shoots to Houston anytime he wants to. So thinking about that, and I'm sure we'll talk about that if it's not good for Michael Irvin. But prayers up for him. And uh, with that, want to go to the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck. But I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. And, of course, by now you know that Lamont was a big dummy. And because Lamont was a big dummy, <laughs> I have named an award after him for someone or some entity, thing, place, person, something in sports that deserves to be recognized for their foolishness. Well... I tell you what, this is a big dummy. I mean, the biggest, probably one of the biggest dummies you can have in sports. Now, when you're talking March Madness, a, like a billion people fill out brackets. People who have, don't even know how to bounce a basketball, what a basketball looks like, fill out brackets. And every team, not just the 68 that get in, and I mean, I'm talking about another, add another dozen to that. So maybe 80 teams around the country. Or maybe not, maybe not eighty, but seventy-five. I don't know. Or, or waiting around to see if and when and where and whom they play. I mean, that's that's it. So what's been the trend for the last? I don't know, ten years, maybe fifteen, ten years, maybe, maybe, maybe more than that, maybe twenty years. 
is that teams have watch parties. Teams get together, fan bases, alumni get together. Everybody tunes in to see the brackets. And I tell you what, it's 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 a fun, fun thing. You never get tired of the crowd erupting when they see what their seed is and where they're playing and who they uh, they're playing in the tournament. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful scene. Well, just like you, the ESPN, they unveiled the brackets for basketball for the men's side. They had the responsibility to do that for the women's side. Well, the NCAA gave ESPN the brackets early, which, of course, they have to have those brackets early to do all the graphics and sort of prep for the, the, the unveiling, which is a huge, huge production. And you have cameras all over the country. You have uh, breakdowns of every matchup. And, I mean, like close-up shots of different teams, bubble teams, who may or may not uh, get in. Well, ESPN had a huge blunder. And they released the women's brackets early. And you talk about anticlimactic. So all these watch parties around the country meant nothing because it was on Twitter at two at three o'clock in the afternoon, everybody knew who was playing where, and it just sucked all the excitement out of that portion. Imagine this. Imagine no, well, and some people do this anyway. But imagine uh, knowing what your Christmas present is, and then having to pretend like you don't know, or uh, you can't even pretend not to know. You know where you're going. But it takes all of the excitement away. Your teams are probably hadn't convened yet. So, I mean, hours before it had taken place, you know, there were watch parties getting set up. And ESPN, somebody pushed the button somewhere along the way. Someone who is now a former employee of ESPN, I can almost assure you, someone or some group of people made the mistake of releasing the bracket. And I know it was an accident. But when you have a whole show, a whole evening built around the unveiling of the brackets and you release the brackets three or four hours early, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. (laughs) With that, wrapping up this briefcast of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Again, want to thank you guys for tuning in, telling friends, and again, if you have some music you want to send us, if you want to, uh, if you want to sponsor the show, you certainly can. Hit me up on social media, let me know, and of course, one of the uh, remind you guys on Twitter at Wade's Word and the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. Reach out to me, comment, download, subscribe, rate. Tell your friends all of that. Let's let, let's rev this thing up. I need some fervent fans out there ringing the bell. We're growing by leaps and bounds, and it's all because of you guys. But hey, the more the merrier. Hey, as always, have a great day. I remember the days of two lane highways and a song, coffee and cream, three way TV. No smartphones Fathers were true Mothers loved you And we all played outside Seems simpler back then For me and my friends Can't help but wonder why So bring back the old
by season We kept on believing we'd push on through Then someone cried out Turn out the lights, the party's over The party's never over Won't someone please wait I don't have a say I can't help but wonder why Yeah, bring back the Oilers The pride of Columbia It's weird.